What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? I don't know about you, but I live this unstoppable lifestyle. I want you to as well. So I am known as the unstoppable C-Rock, as you know. I got a friend of mine from Miami right now. He's calling in from Miami. His name's David Drebin. He's a multidisciplinary artist working in various art forms, producing limited edition works, including photographs, light boxes, neon light installations, diamond dust prints. Wow, I love those. And more. Drebin's artwork, also known as Drebin's, are unique and instantly recognizable as his own. His artistic style is often described as epic, dramatic, and above all, cinematic. Up next, well, he just finished Art Basel in Miami this past week. And listen, by the way, I checked out this collection or some of your, some of your work before, we, before the show, and like, I'm just absolutely blown away. Like, I, I don't know if they're really photography, and then you change it up a little bit, or if you actually paint it, it looks like photography, which we'll talk about here in a second. But it's amazing. You guys got to check this out. So let's get into some conversation today. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, C-Rock. You're the man. Thank you. Great introduction. Thanks for having uh, you know, time to spend with us today. And I want to ask you the questions that we stick with tradition here. What are you made of? I think the most important thing in life is to figure out your why. And there's always, hopefully for people, that moment where they figure out what their why is. And I think the two most important days of your life are the moment you're born and the moment you figure out why you were born. So I'm made of my why and I'm dealing with my how. Yeah. Yeah. So oh man, I love that. Yeah. You don't need to know how you just need to know why. And then if how comes and figures out, you commit to your why, right? Um, what's it, what's this, what's the why? The why is that I just want to create images from my imagination and show them to the world and, and display them in the best museums and galleries and art fairs. And I just want to make people happy through art. That's all I want to do is, is my art is generally a reflection of the people looking at the work. So I just, I love making different types of imagery, whether it's a photograph, a light box, a neon light installation, a sculpture, a diamond dust piece. Like I love making the art. And then I love to meet the people who collect the art where they, over time, they appreciate it even more. And I think that that's the key for me is the appreciation over time. A lot of times when people buy something, it decreases over time its value. Yeah. And I feel like with art, it actually increases over time. So when people say to me after 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that they love the work more now than when they first bought it and collected it, that to me makes me happy because it makes people feel great. The art's about making people feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you also use the word imagination. And you know, I was driving down the road the other day. I think I was in, I don't know if I was in this beach town here. I live in Ocean City, Maryland, or if I was in Miami, but I was driving down the road and I'm really paying attention. Like I study the mind a lot and everything that's not like a living organism started out in, in someone's imagination. And so I was driving down the road and I was looking at this architecture and I'm like, some of it was shitty in my opinion. Others was like, just wow. 
But I started to think to myself, these aren't really buildings. These are freaking images from somebody's imagination. Wow. That's where it started. It doesn't just, it doesn't appear there just unless it was a tree, right? And even trees are shaped, you know, when somebody prunes them by somebody's imagination, but the buildings, everything you see was a thought that somebody had. So if that's the case, then we can think of whatever we want and we can create whatever we want. If we have the discipline, the commitment and the, and the, and the willing to take the action on it and not let things stop us. So I love that you said that, man. And, and uh, I want to take, take us back though, take us back to where you got started. Where did you grow up? What was life like as a kid? And, so I'm, uh, I'm originally from Toronto and I moved to New York in 1994. I originally, I wanted to be an actor. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I realized through a two-month summer program that I was a really terrible actor. And I realized that because I couldn't follow anyone else's script. So I thought to myself, I want to be creative, but I don't want to follow anyone else's script. So I created my own script. So I turned the tables and went behind the camera instead of being in front of the camera. But the lessons I learned in those two months were some of the best lessons I ever learned because I realized I was so bad at something that I had to pivot and realize what I was good at. And I think it's important to be self-aware in life to know what you're good at and what you're not great at. Like I love playing tennis, but I'm never going to be the greatest tennis player in the world. So I play just for fun, but I don't play to be the best in the world. So you have to know, I think self-awareness is something that is very important. And I realized early on that I, I had to pivot from being trying to be an actor to being a creator. And then I just started making photographs, making photographs. And the first photographs I ever made were bad. The first sculptures I ever made were bad. The first podcast I ever did was bad. The first public speaking engagement I did was not great. So everything that I started wasn't great, but if you stick to it and really believe in yourself, then you're eventually going to become great at it if you believe in yourself and you're self-aware enough to know what you're great at, what you're good at, and what you're shit at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this then, because when you first started acting, you weren't good at it. And then you went into something else. How do people know, or how did you know that it's not just something that you just needed to work at? Does passion and really liking it come into play? I'll tell you what it is. If something is not an emphatic yes, then I don't do it. So when I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, I remember I was 23 years old and I went back to Toronto and I was with my mom and she's like, do you really want to be an actor? Do you really want to do it? And I looked at her and I was like, no, I don't. And then I found photography and I never really thought about making a living doing it. I I was a waiter for 15 years all over the world, restaurants all over the world. I was like, okay, I'll be a waiter and I'll make photographs during the day and I'll wait tables at night. This is an accidental career for me. This all came from passion. And so knowing that, okay, so again, yeah, take us back to being a kid. Cause I want to, I'm interested in how artists that it, like the work that you have is just unbelievable. The way I saw it, I was like, holy cow, man, he's coming on my show today. Cause it was, it's just beautiful. But like, I, I'm always like wondering, did something happen as a kid to get you to like, whether you were uh, alone a lot or, I'll tell you, you what know, it is. I'll tell you what it is. Like, I'll where did you. the imagination come from? I'll tell you where it is. I love sports. I love hockey. I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I love boxing. And what I learned from watching sports was I love to win. And I love the range of emotions in sports. And if you watch a sporting event, you can think about the producers behind the scenes who are angling the cameras in a way to make you feel something. So yeah. then you see the winners so excited. Then you see the losers dejected on the bench. Sports is all about winning and emotion. And I think that 
watching sports and playing sports was a very big thing for me. I've never seen myself as an artist. I've never introduced myself as an artist. I just like to be a winner. Yeah. And this was the way that I could feel like I could create and win. And I'm very competitive with myself. I'm not competitive with anybody else. Your biggest competition is your own reflection. I want everybody to be successful. I want everybody to accomplish their dreams. I love to inspire other people. I think great artists inspire other people. I've had many people copy my work exactly. And for me, I would say to them, listen, if you're going to copy my work, just tell me and I'll be okay with it. But don't copy it and claim it as your own when you know that I was the original creator of that image. So going back to my childhood, I just, I love sports, but I realized I was never a good enough hockey player to be a professional. I was never a good enough tennis player to be a professional. I just wanted to do something where I knew I had a chance to be the best in the world. And this was the lane that I found in my early 20s. And it was instant, emphatic yes. And I've been obsessed for 30 years doing this. I've never taken my eye off the prize for one day. And I love the process. I love meeting great, interesting people like yourself. C-Rock, Mike C-Rock. You're Italian, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah, Italian? yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Italians, man. <laughs> I've made a lot, of, a lot of images in Italy. So for me, everything starts from passion. And I had a lot of passion in my childhood for sports, competition with myself and winning. And I love winners. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite type of art to do? Photography? You know, my favorite type of art is actually conversation. Yeah, it's a good one. It's yeah. not photography. Yeah. It's not diamond dust. It's not neon. It's not sculptures. The art of conversation is for me my favorite art. And I love funny people. I love, yeah. I love just <laughs> laughing and having a great experience. Art, living life. Yeah, That's man. the best art for me. Great, and, and, real conversation. And, and, and the art that you do as far as uh, the, the photographs and that neon and diamond, all that, that opens up conversation. Yeah. Because- we, if I wouldn't have made this work, we wouldn't be on the phone right now connecting yeah. at a high level. And yep. the point for the listener for me is always to believe in yourself. And I think it's important to believe it, to see it in a world that needs to see it, to believe it. And that is always my message to other people is self-belief. And the only competition you ever have is with your own reflection. I wish more people thought this way. I want happiness for all, success for all. So take us back in when your mind, when you started doing it and you started having some success. Because listen, most artists don't make money. They're struggling. They're still trying to do it and follow their passion. And and, But take us back when you first realized that, oh man, like people actually like this and and I could really take this. Like what was going through your mind? Did you have self-doubt? Were you dealing with that at that time? Like you have a great imagination, obviously, to use to, to, to develop this art, but that imagination can also play tricks on you and hold you back. So take, take us through that. Okay. So I never had self-doubt. I always believed in myself and I never thought if other people were going to like the work. I am the harshest critic of myself. Nobody could be a more harsh critic of me than me. So I never showed the world my work unless I approved it. And once I approved it, I showed it to the world. There are a lot of works I never exposed. I never showed to anybody because they just weren't good enough. It's like a chef. A chef is often his own or her own biggest critic. And if the meal doesn't taste perfect, they're not going to release it to the world. So no one's more harsh on me than me. I am the biggest critic of myself. 
But what about what about the the pieces that you might not like, but somebody else may, and you may miss out on giving that to the world? Well, what's really interesting is some of the pieces that I love, there's not a lot of interest in my galleries around the world. And other pieces that I think are they're good, but they're not my favorite images, often sell out the fastest yeah, all over the world. That's so what I'm saying. I just I just put it out there. It all starts from internal validation and being grateful as opposed to external validation and being desired. If you live your life constantly worried about desiring things and being appreciated externally, you'll never be happy. So my happiness comes from inside, internal gratification, and being grateful and really controlling my desire for external gratification. That's a very big, big, big theme for me. Internal gratification. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, huge, man. That's huge. So when was your first break where you actually could make some money at art? The first break for me, real break, was when I had a group show at a gallery in LA called Fahey Klein in 2004. And Elton John walked in the gallery. I wasn't there. I was in New York. Walked in the gallery and bought half, half the images in my show. <laughs> and the gallery called me and said, just so you know, Elton John bought a lot of your work. And it was 2004. And at that moment, I thought to myself, I think I'm onto something. And it literally <laughs> has not stopped since 2004. And the people that I've met through the work, the connections that I've made, the friends that I've made, the people that I've worked with, that's been the reward for me. Yeah. Money is only a byproduct of winning. I, listen, I love girls and I love money, but I don't chase girls and I don't chase money. <laughs> I just I love don't. Yep. I just, I don't. I'm not thirsty. Yep. I don't chase anything. I build it and I build it. And I build it. It's traction model. It, you created a traction model, right? That's it. And I don't, yeah. I don't like thirsty people. I'm not, yeah. thir- I'm not thirsty. I'm really not thirsty. I'm actually thirsty for my water only right now. But well, I'm not thirsty in life. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah. While you're doing that. like, So I always talk about this. I grew up in sales and I, I'm good at it. I just don't like the sales where you have to go out. And I don't mind prospecting and introducing myself to people because I do it all the time for this and my tech company and all that. But I don't like trying to talk somebody into doing something. I like creating, like what you're just talking about, a platform, whether it's art, podcast, whatever it is, to, to, to pull people into you, to create an attraction model. And it is so much more fulfilling when people are coming to you and you can choose who you work with. But when you're not and you're thirsty, like you're talking about, and you don't create an attraction model, to me, I think it's lazy. I think it's uh, you know, unintentional work when you have to go out and try to get it instead of creating a platform for them to come to you and pull in. And then you have no choice of who you got to work with a lot of times when you're going chasing it because you don't have enough. You have, <laughs> you're in a scarcity mode. So no, I love that you're saying this, man. This is just full alignment with the way I operate. So I wanted to ask you a question too about uh, like the, 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 when you do art, when you do a, a project, how long does it take to do one, first of all? And are they all different? And how many do you like? Do you plan out how many you want to do in a year? Like, how does that all work? Every situation is different. So, some images, I basically I don't capture photographs. I create photographs from scratch. And I often use cooking as a metaphor. Sometimes people can whip stuff up and 
30 seconds that looks like a masterpiece. And sometimes it takes hours to make a souffle. Yeah. You could put that next to something that took minutes. So it all depends on the image itself. Some images take me five minutes. Other images take me hours and hours and hours. But I'm not a really big planner. I just I, like, for example, I want to go to Rio. I want to make the quintessential photograph of Rio. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm, I'll tell you, it's going to take me 10 hours to get there from Miami. Yeah. I don't know how long yeah. it's going to take me to actually make the photograph, but then I could make a, another picture of a girl jumping off a balcony and just, it could not jumping off the balcony, but yeah, no, seemingly jumping off the yeah, balcony. Yeah, yeah. And I have my light with me and that could take me five minutes. So it all depends on the situation. I don't have a firm number of works I make a year. I just figure it out as I go. And I really, so, I really flow, man. I'm water. I really flow. So, so when you go to Rio, for example, um, and you're like, what are you looking for? Do you know what you're looking for yet? Exactly. 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 I often like to go to cities that are iconic, like New York and Paris and London and Rio and Tokyo and Shanghai. And I often go to the highest point in the city. I get okay. there. I'm like this. What is the highest point in the city? And then I often make my photograph from the highest point I could possibly find in the city. Because that gives perspective. Mm -hmm. Like I've done boxing images and I had access ringside, like three feet away from my favorite boxers of all time. I'm sure you like boxing. I yeah, hell, boxing, yeah. Right? hell yeah. And I realized I couldn't get a picture. So I wanted to be in the last row in the bleachers to make the picture as opposed to ringside because I wanted to capture the overall feeling of the venue and of the crowd. Every photographer is like, you're crazy. I was like, give me, the, give me the worst seat in the house at the highest point. I don't want to be ringside. I want to be in the bleachers. And when you take the picture, do you touch it up or you try to use a raw picture and get everything right with a raw? Well, that's like asking how the magician how he does the trick. Okay. Let's yeah, say, yeah, let's say how, do you put, how much salt do you put in? How much pepper do you put in? How much hot sauce, cumin, rosemary, Lie to me. basil? Lie to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, every, yeah, yeah. Every, every, every image is different. Every image. That, have, you ever, have you ever had a, uh, one that's like a really hit piece and it was a raw piece? I have actually. Yeah. yeah I did, I did yeah. a very, the only image I ever made that I did not create that I actually captured was an image called champion. And it was the moment Manny Pacquiao in my mind became a legend. It's when he knocked out Ricky Hatton. The yeah. crowd was all singing. There's only one Ricky Hatton. And then yep. bam, it yep. was over. Yeah. Yep. I then, remember. And then 30 seconds later, I just took one picture for ESPN magazine and ended up being one of, in my mind, not to flatter myself, one of the greatest boxing images of all time. Not because I took it, but because I captured it. It's a moment in time that yep. just happens to be Manny, but it's not about Manny. It's about the feeling of perseverance and working hard and having a dream. It's called champion. Damn. I love that. I saw one of the pictures of lady holding balloons and that, that one caught me. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was, that was phenomenal. Um, so what's the vision for the future now? Like you've had a lot of success and I don't know if you're like me, but like, no matter what success I have, I always think, well, there's always a bigger game to be played. I can play a bigger game. I don't know. I don't know how big my potential is, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to keep going until I can find out. Right. What's the vision for the future? Well, first of all, I've never pat my back and said I was successful. I don't think about success. I think about winning and it's a drive that's insatiable. I want to connect with people. And I want to create, and I just want to keep on winning. And I, and I also love losing too. I mean, I've lost also many, many, many times. I've had exhibitions that I thought were great that no one ever came to. And I've had exhibitions I thought were just okay that were packed and we sold everything out. So for me, it's all about 
I love every experience, whether it's great experience, bad experience, you learn from the bad experiences. So for me, I think that people get in trouble when they stop and pat themselves on the back and say, yeah, I'm really successful. I don't flex. I'm not into keeping up with the Joneses. I just want to communicate and have like conversations like this with like-minded people and inspire and be inspired by others. I just don't think, oh, I'm, I'm David Drebb and I've done so well. I'm successful. I'm very hard on myself. And I, I've never thought I was successful ever. I yeah. thought it was driven. And I thought that I've met great people along the way. I just want to have a laugh, man. I want to have fun. I want That's to be awesome, mischievous. Man. I want to have fun. And I just want to like live, man, live and we, be happy. We, are you in Miami most of the time? No, I'm actually based in New York, but I feel New like York? Miami is okay. a suburb of New York. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. come to Miami from November until, until May. And okay. I come generally for Art Basel because I have a, a big display at Art Basel for many, many years. All right, we're definitely, we're definitely going to connect in person, yeah, man. Because I, I love Miami. Me, we'll meet and up I, for I, sure, yeah, man. I love it, man. And I, I dig your vibe, dude. It's just like, it's freaking Thank awesome because I feel the same way. And, and it's sometimes, you know, I feel like out of place sometimes. What do you mean out of place? Well, because I, I feel like the same way. I'm very hard on myself. I don't ever feel like I've made it. No matter what we achieve, it's like it's always going to the to the next level. The big it's winning, right? Bigger game, bigger game. Once you win one game, it's like okay, what's the next? Look at Tom Brady. And, yeah, look at Tom Brady. Yeah, he hates losing. He's won. Se- he's won seven. I love watching Tom Brady. I love when he's upset. <laughs> yep. He lost those two games and he's so upset. I'm like, I want to be like that guy's the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, I'm like, wow. He yeah. still wants to win at 45. He's going to probably win the MVP. He still is hungry. Yeah, yep. still hungry. People yep. who sit back and relish in their success are not my kind of people. That's ego. I don't like ego. You yeah. see, what, what I like about you is you're all, you're all heart, you're all mind. You're all yeah, heart man. and mind. Egos to me, yeah. I don't like egos. Yep. No egos for, for me. You can't win with it. You can't win with it. So last question before I uh, get, show people where they can get in touch with you or engage with you in, in your work. How was Art Basel this year for you? Like coming out of it, I know you're tired from it, but like not at all, rejuvenated. Okay, rejuvenated. Because I, well, I know it's busy and a lot of things going on. So, so what were your thoughts from this year's Art Basel? Well, number one, I never tell people I'm busy because when you tell people you're yeah. busy, yeah. it's like I'm busier than you. Everyone's yeah, yeah, busy, yeah, yeah. whether <laughs> it's in their life or in their mind. So, yeah. it's very important for me that I never tell anybody that I'm busy. Number one, number two, yeah. Art Basel was amazing for me because I was in the game. I have my own solo booth at Art Miami with a gallery that I've worked with for almost 20 years. And for me, I was incredibly focused in my booth with about 30 images. And I had all my collectors from all the world come to my booth that I could entertain and be grateful for and thank people. I don't try to sell anything. I just want to make people feel great, give good vibes, have a laugh, great energy. I don't chase the parties. I'm not trying to find the next in place. For me, focused in the booth, surrounded by the right people, which is the recipe for greatness. Build something, they come to you, never chase anything. Traction model. Love it, man. Are you into NFTs or getting into NFTs with your work? So I, yes. So I did an NFT with Gary Vaynerchuk's agency, Vayner NFT. Mm -hmm. I've worked with them before. I work with Vayner Talent. So for me, the NFT is about surrounding yourself with the experts. So I did an NFT of my diamond collection, diamond desk collection. Mm-hmm. We sold them out. We sold all of them. And for me, it wasn't about selling them all. It was about partnering with the right people and the right distribution platform. So I partnered with Vayner NFT and with Nifty Gateway, and we're just getting started. And it was an incredible experience. The people that I met on Twitter, 
were just unbelievable. It was just incredible. You got to be very careful with NFTs Mm -hmm. that you don't do it for money, but you do it for community and you align with the right people. The people were so excited to get these Mm -hmm. NFTs. And that's what it's about for me. Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, We're in the tech space with Grant at the 10X Incubator, and uh, we're getting ready to get into some NFT stuff too, and all kinds of tech. But yeah, I was just curious about that. I had a feeling you would be in. uh, in, Is there something on down the road too in NFTs that you're going to do more with, or? Oh yeah, yeah. I've partnered with Vayner NFT. Okay, so it's a continuing project. We've got so many. You know, it's interesting because I had this one neon at the fair that I was really scared to show. I made it ten years ago. It says, "If you fuck them." They love you. If you love them, they fuck you. <laughs> and it was the it was the hit of the fair. We sold all of them, but we wow, didn't do an, we didn't do an NFT of it, and we sold them all to a, quite the range of people, from very conservative people to wild, crazy energy people. And, and what does that go for? Like roughly, that we sell those. We make addition of nine at twenty five thousand dollars each. Okay, and they're neons. I'm not a neon uh, artist, but it's a neon installation in a smoked acrylic box. But we're going to do an NFT for Valentine's Day. And we're going to have the fuck and the love flashing. So it's going to say <laughs> fuck, fuck, love, 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 fuck, fuck. If you fuck them, they love you. If you love them, they fuck you. And it's just a, a play on words. And every single person that came in the booth, yeah, and there were thousands, there were yeah. thousands. Every single person was like, that's true. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> So that so cool, was a great man. experience for me. So cool. Well, how can my audience get in, uh, engaged with you, find your work? Like, what's the best place for them to go? So my my Instagram is David Drebin, D-R-E-B-I-N. And my Twitter is DavidDrebin.eth, E-T-H. And my website's DavidDrebin.com. And it's yeah, been easy. a pleasure chatting with you, man. You too, man. And I look forward to working with you in some form or fashion in the future, man. At least getting uh, to Message meet you in me person. Message me when you come to and, Miami. Uh, Message we'll me do. When, you, when, we'll you, do. when you come. I'll meet you anywhere, we'll, man. All right, brother. I'll be there Sunday. So uh, I'll be I'll be checking the schedule and hit you up and maybe we'll grab a drink or lunch or something together. Okay. That'd be great. Appreciate it, Dave. Hey guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Searock. And we got to put David Drebin into the unstoppable club because as you've heard, he's definitely a winner, champion, unstoppable. Let's go support him. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support of our show. Keep coming back. Bring friends, bring family, bring coworkers, bring everybody to the show. And by the way, one thing I'll let you know, we're moving to Fireside very soon on Fallon and Mark Cuban's platform, Fireside. We're going to be moving this platform over there. We're going to bring our guests on there. We're going to have live audience. I'm fired up and excited about that. So be watching out for that. And then also go check Blueprinted out, blueprinted.com forward slash VIP. That's B-L-O-O, printed.com forward slash VIP. Till next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike croc.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.